I'm here. Okay. All right. Uh, can you see my video? All right. I think we're back online. It's funny that we've gotten off into coronavirus and, and all of that because this is actually just a clear example of all of the other stuff that people believe mm -hmm. and they don't want to hear the, the actual facts because some of times it terrifies them. Some people find great comfort, for instance, in believing in rebirth and reincarnation. And so it would terrify them to hear that they're going to die. Just like you're kind of terrified when we just talked to you about that point that you would have died. <laughs> you would have died whether you had doctors or not. But I, I, exactly. Well, I mean, I'm. Uh, isn't it the point of of being okay with everything, being okay with death too? So I don't really feel like I care when right. I die. If you are unafraid of death. Only then can you be truly free of fear of life. You can live happily only when you're willing to die happily. And you are going to die. Your only choice is whether you die happily or not. That's your only choice is whether you die happily or you die miserably. Most people choose to die miserably. Why? Because they die instinctually. They die trying to preserve life when, in fact, it's time to let it go. No matter how the, uh, strong the survival instinct is, it always loses. Every animal that's born dies. Every laptop that's ever born dies. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, right now, thinking about death, it's not terrifying, but I'm not experiencing the closeness to the death, I guess. We were talking about it and you were experiencing it very closely a moment ago inside your own mind. <laughs> and you felt it too. I could see that you were feeling it. <laughs> the death? <laughs> the Yeah, I mean, when we're talking about all of those people dying and the and you're saying and the, why should I trust the doctors? The answer is, is you're going to die whether you trust the doctors uh -huh. or not. So why do you even why do you, why do you try why do you even why do you even like follow any kind of data <laughs> I don't know I feel like I don't want to act upon anything just let it be let it happen whatever if I die today with the doctor without let it just be okay so what you're actually getting at then Anna is the idea of what's the meaning of life. What's the point? Yeah, <laughs> what's the point? What, right. You guess, guess what? There is no authority figure anywhere that defines what the meaning of life is. That every individual human, or actually all of the animals. I mean, I've got a couple of dogs here who have figured out the meaning of life. Their meaning of life is to lay on the porch. You could, whatever meaning of life you want, that's your meaning of life. You put your own meaning into it. You always have. But when you recognize now that you are actually putting that meaning in life, that means that, wait a minute, I can change the meaning or I don't even have to have any meaning. I can just, there's another way of looking at it. Meaning means that there is work to be done 
that has a purpose and intention, a meaning to it. And so we have gotten our lives set up to where we're trying to work so that we get something done that we can fulfill the meaning of life or whatever like that. And the whole point of the change of reference is, is to begin to see that it's not work at all, it's a toy, and that there's no meaning to it. If you got a, if you were your little child and you got a great big clock about this big, what does it mean? It's got no meaning. Some of the kids like to bang on the bell. Other kids want to tear the clock apart. Others are really interested in that spring in there. Boy, I can do a whole bunch of stuff with that spring in that alarm clock. Okay, what's the meaning of the alarm clock to the child is completely different than the meaning of that alarm clock to the adult. Yeah, exactly. And for me, I've been trying to actually mostly interview people around me for the meaning of life because I, because I feel like I can't give myself the answer. Well, guess what? You and, nobody's ever sure. That's one <laughs> of the things that we're not sure about. Why am I here? Guess what? That's an irrelevant question. OK. The and, question is. Am I here or not? The answer is, well, if I'm not thinking about someplace else, I probably thinking about right here. That means I am here. Uh-huh. But there is no meaning in life. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. This is one of the reasons that uh, Buddhism or the Buddha was talking about sunyata. Everything is empty of a self. And uh -huh. if everything is empty of a self, that means everything is empty of meaning. Because only a self. Now, what do we mean by self? A better word to use actually is the word soul. People can understand the word soul better than using the word self. Because what is a soul? The soul means the the deepest part, the essence, the nut, and something that is so powerful and so strong that it's permanent. It cannot be affected. Even death itself cannot affect this thing called a soul. And then they say, oh, I'm a soul. That means that death cannot affect me because I will survive death. The answer is there is no soul in there. That you are temporary. And that you will die. And that's okay because that's what happens to everybody. The reason that it's not okay is because you don't like it. Yeah. Right, because it's the opposite of living. It's <laughs> I don't like it. But death is part of living. Everything that starts ends. Imagine this. Imagine that you were on a train, and the train stopped, but you didn't get off the train. Eventually, you're going to have. What trains can you just stay on? Every train that I know of has a railhead or a parking place or they stop for the night and you're stuck in that car, probably mm -hmm. out in the boondocks a long way from the city. And you could have gotten off that train at any time. But we didn't because of whatever delusion that we had. I know I did that one time. I knew I was on the bus going in the wrong direction. It was the right number bus. This was in Bangkok, and they have buses that have a route. And the same bus number has that route going and coming. And I got on the bus pretty close to the watt, but I got it on uh, got on the wrong uh, uh, side of the road, basically. Got on mm -hmm. the right bus on the wrong side of the road, which means I went all the way down to the terminal because I had the idea that they'll eventually get back to the uh, 
to the watt. Guess what? It didn't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it went to the terminal and stopped, and the bus driver got off. It goes only dire- one direction? Right. It was only going in that one direction. That was that ju- bus's job. And so there was no place that I could go get a number, another number 48 bus to get yeah. back to the watt, anywhere around there. Now, how about the clinical death or like near-death experience? Do people... Near-death is not death. Yeah, but why is it so powerful? Anyone, uh, well, because the brain does crazy things when it's got crazy chemicals inside the mind. And a near-death experience means that the brain itself has got a lot of crazy chemicals in it, and it's likely within moments or whatever for the person to actually die. But the person is still alive, so a near-death experience is not near-death. It's just an experience of the mind or the brain in a very weird state. Mm-hmm. But they have done enough research to find out that even though people have the idea that they are floating above their own bodies, you've heard that. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. so all of the doctors and all the experimenters have put numbers and signs and all kinds of things on top of the cabinets in case somebody does float up to the top and looks down. They can also look around and see there's all kinds of messages for you here and nobody ever comes up with those messages because they're not actually seeing. They're, they're just still inside the brain. They just have the feeling that they're floating. They have the feeling of a white tunnel. Mm-hmm. They have a feeling of security of finding meeting grandma. But the grandma that they're meeting in their uh, near-death experience is not a real grandma in heaven. There's no such thing. Everything mm-hmm. is happening inside the mind. And it's okay for someone who is in a near-death experience to go ahead and die. It's going to happen anyway. Mm -hmm. We're all going to die. But the fact that you have this ability to be in your mind and not be physically connected to your body. That's still an imagination. It's still a dream. It's still a concept. It's not real. So unless you're experiencing it, it's not real unless you experience it with your physical unless body. you can hear it with the see it with the eyes hear it with the ears touch it with the hands smell it with the nose taste it with the tongue it's not real now we can extend those things for instance um uh infrared night goggles are still used to get the data through the senses of the eyes Mm-hmm. Even though it's a machine help, just like you and I can see each other with the aid of the help of the computers and the networks and, and the Internet and all of that kind of stuff. Still, the experience is coming in through your eyes, sensual experience. Mm-hmm. And this is what the Buddha is teaching is, is let's spend more time in sensual experience and stop spending so much time in mental experience. What, what, okay, so what is, okay, there is this data out there, and it's proven that, for example, if your arm moves, it's not that you rec- recognize, it's not that your brain dictating to the arm to move, it's the arm moving and then brain uh, logically explaining. It works both ways. The, the hands will move by themselves in yeah. certain conditions. 
the question is, is can, let us say, um, uh, let's say it this way. Are you ticklish? Especially on the, what's the most ticklish part of your body? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. All right. Can you stand there? Let us say talking about the, the feet because many people are ticklish on your feet. Can you actually hold your foot still and let it be tickled and have those sensations and kind of watch the foot jump or jerk a little bit, but your mind is holding that foot still. No matter what sensations happen to that foot, you're going to hold it still. Are you, do you have that kind of mind control or is the foot going to move itself? You know, even a tender infant, this is part of the, um, uh, the teachings of the Buddha, that a tender infant, if it touches a hot coal with its foot or its hand, the tender infant will draw the hand back or the foot back from the coal long before, like two, three seconds before the child starts to cry or, or scream or do anything. But the hand has already done all the work of becoming safe. All the rest of it is just emotional baggage. But uh, no, no. But the 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 signal that travels from the nerve endings up to your brain that slow, because the, the nerve endings in your hand are much faster in your hand than they are going all the way to the brain. So your hand will actually withdraw before the brain even knows that the hand got burned. But isn't it already? Uh, that's the point. So. It's not the brain controlling the arm, so it's. Oh, I'm so confused now. <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's a feedback mechanism. Okay. You're looking for only a one-way cause-effect relationship. No, the pathway goes both directions. The pathway goes both directions, and the and the more training or the more skill you have, the more you can control. With the, with the frontal cortex, what the body is doing. You can learn to play the violin. That's amazing. I mean, learning to play the violin is one of the most remarkable things that I know of that a human can do. And it's all done in the, in the, in the left hand, which is the hand that they don't even use very much. It's amazing what the hand will do, but that takes training over and over and over and over and over again. And with violin, you even have to train the fingers to get the right note. The piano, you can hit the note. It's so, you know, you hit that note, it's going to sound the same and it gets uh, flat over time. But a C is generally a C all day long. With a little finger, the C on that violin is not the C. It depends upon what the finger is doing, is whether it's a C or not. And so that takes a lot of skill. And it's amazing the kind of skills that we can develop. But if we don't develop those skills, then we don't have the value of those skills. And so learning to hold the foot still when it's tickled, that's, that takes mind control. Mm -hmm. Okay. This is part of what uh, uh, is uh, the spiritual practice. But we have to start practicing on things that are easy. And as we develop the skill, we move from something that is dead easy to pretty easy. And then when that thing becomes dead easy, then we move to something that's pretty easy. And then when that thing becomes dead easy, then we move to something else that's pretty easy. And pretty soon, we could pick up 400 pounds. Before, we couldn't pick up 20. So, I feel like I'm, every time I'm trying to remind myself to 
be in the moment or I'm, I'm remind I'm not trying. I'm reminding myself to be in the moment, mm -hmm. taking a breath, just stopping for a second. I feel like I feel I am getting getting it done for that moment. I'm with that easy thing. Is yeah. that the easiest as it goes? What's yeah. the, the next? What's the next one? Well, when you do that one, do you get it till so that's uh, so easy? But because that's a remarkable thing to wake up, to see what you're doing, to throw that unwholesome thought out and put a wholesome thought in the mind is one of the most important tasks that you'll ever learn to do. So get good at it. Rather than looking for the next thing and the next thing and the next thing, you're like the first grader that wants to know about second grade and the second grader wants to know about fifth grade and the fifth grade wants to know about college and college guys want to know about, you know, about PhD programs. And, and the first grader needs to be in the first grade. Mm -hmm. And learn the first grade and get really good at it. I, I made that major mistake when I was in music. I remember it well that I wanted to play the music that the other kids could play and I couldn't play it yet. And so instead of playing the music that I could play, I, I was failing at playing music that was too hard to play. And we all do that. That's where we um, it's actually got a technical term, and there was a book written about it that was the number one bestseller back in the 1960s. The name of the book is The Peter Principle. Uh. And what it means in the business world is, is that everyone becomes promoted in their job to their level of incompetence, and that's where they stay. In other words, so long as you're really good at your job, you'll keep getting promotions, but they will eventually promote you to a job you can't do. Mm -hmm. And that's where you're stuck. That's the Peter principle. But the point really is, is that we all go around trying to do things that we can't do because we don't have the skills. Monkey see, monkey do. Well, that monkey's got skills that you don't. If you develop the skills, then you can do it too. But that's the issue is let's do some skill development. And one mm -hmm. of the most important skills that I know of is sati, to remember to apply the other skills. Mm -hmm. Now, all right, it's easy to do it right now. Now, I was in a situation recently when I was handling 20 kids and we were staying in line for food and everything was just thrown off. The people were, who were serving food were thrown off, the kids, the chaos. Now, the, it's intense situation. Actually, the kids, have, the kids, though, experienced probably the chaos that the adults were having. If the adults in that situation were cool and easygoing, the kids would probably be cool and easygoing too. They were following their herding instinct. They were going along to get along. So when you've got adults who are freaked out, the kids are going to freak out too. Correct. And I thought I was keeping myself cool to a certain point, and then it just I just snapped. Yeah. Well, rubber bands are like that. You stick them very, very taut, and they look like they're cool, and then they break. Yeah, but <laughs> so that was my first grade there, that I can't even pass this test <laughs> of keeping myself calm that's and cool. The whole, that's the whole reason for the Buddha talking about going into seclusion so that we can develop the skills easily so that when we do go back to the world, where things are tough. Now we've got the skills that we need 
so that we can handle the tough stuff that's out in the world. But we need to get in seclusion. Now, that, that can be seen as a particular task, never mind what it is. Let's talk about it as an email. I've got an email to write, but I don't want to write it. But I sit down, I've told myself I've got to write it, and so I sit down and I write it, and I hate it while I'm writing it. That's the normal way that we do things. Another way of saying that I've got that email, okay, well, let me first get myself into a really good state. And I know that I could do that email. And then I go and I start doing that email. I get about a paragraph into it. And then I say, wait a minute. Now I'm not liking things so much. Let me withdraw, be in seclusion, get away from that email and get my mind back together again. And now mm -hmm. that I got my mind back together again and I feel on top of the world, now I can ah, go get that email and finish it. This is the way that we practice is the, the real skill is developed in seclusion and then put into application when we need it out in the world. Mm -hmm. Now, not a conceptualized world, but the real world that you actually have to deal with, like 20 different kids right here in the room. You're not talking about an abstract 20 kids that you've got the names on a poster or something. Mm -hmm. These are real kids right in front of you. This is part of your real world. Mm -hmm. It's real. Okay. And the question is, can you stay real or do you have to get freaked out because of all the energy that's there? Are you going to be overwhelmed or are you on top of this? In other words, you can have the kids just going all over the place and you can just stand there and say, hey, kids. Hey, kids. I actually did that this morning. I'm talking about something that happened here in the house. Mm -hmm. And that was that mom was unhappy and angry at at, at, at nine-year-old. Nine-year-old was having a pity party and crying and all of that. And that makes mom even more angry and the kid cries even more. Neither one of them had an adult to come in and say, hey, let's cool this off. Mm -hmm. Kitty, you stop crying. Mom, you stop yelling. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but it's just easy to say this and it's hard to, for them to implement it. It's, well, that's because you need the skills. It's mm -hmm. not hard to implement it. It's just you don't have the skills to implement no. it. No. Think of it from that perspective. Okay, well, let's go get the skills. It's not hard. Hard is just a bad attitude. Mm -hmm. Hard means is that I don't have the skills, basically, but poor me is built into its heart. Well, mm -hmm. no, this is easy enough if I got the skills. I have this. Just because mom is angry and yelling, I don't have to be angry and yelling. Just because baby is crying and upset, I don't have to cry and upset. Mm -hmm. But that takes practice. It takes skill. Yeah, I want to skip this level and already be, be skilled <laughs> like without training. It's a lot of um, perseverance, I would say. I, I wouldn't. I would call it escape. Yeah. Now, now it, here's the issue is, is that in our society, escape is a no-no. We're not supposed to escape. Mm -hmm. But with the Buddha's teaching, it's a number one given. That's what we do is to get away from it, to escape. Mm -hmm. The word escape is used in the sutras a lot. 
um, in in uh, one case, gratification, dangers, and escape. That if we see only the gratification in something, but we don't see the dangers, then we can't do anything. We're stuck with it. But if we see that what is gratifying to us is also dangerous, now we can escape it because of knowledge. We can get away from it. We do not have to keep it. This is also the issue of seclusion. To get away from the world so that we can um, clean things out. But generally when we go into seclusion, the first thing that happens is we begin to see all of the stuff that we brought with us. Mm-hmm. And yeah. now we become secluded with that too. And once we've gotten completely secluded, now we can really enjoy our life. And everything mm-hmm. around us becomes a toy. The question is, is can you continue living that way so that everything you touch remains a toy or is something going to actually turn into work? Does it take yeah. on meaning? Do you yeah. have to do it? Or you just merely do the things that you want to do. Now that's freedom. Freedom just to do what you want to do. But the thing of it is, is that the freedom comes from wanting to do things that you used to not want to do because the problem was is that you didn't have the right kind of wisdom in your wanting. So you wanted it ignorantly, wanting things that you can't have. If you want wisely, then you always get exactly what you want. You get it immediately. Mm-hmm. That's wise wanting. Like taking a deep breath. (gasps) Yeah. (laughs) So this is this is how Mm -hmm. we practice. Now, anyway, the first thing that we had talked about was the issue of that some things people don't want to hear. That is actually facts, and we gave some, but this is another item on that list, and that is the meaning of life. Life doesn't have any meaning. It just enjoys being. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people say, oh, no, I don't like that. I want my life to have some meaning. Mm-hmm. Now, Damarada, going into seclusion, can you is that possible just by taking a breath that's already a seclusion? Or you literally need to have maybe like... When uh, you're well-skilled. That takes oh, skill. Okay. And so, but that's the way to practice. Mm-hmm. And if you're really skilled at it, then one breath will do. A little dab will do you. Now, to get to that little one breath equals seclusion, it takes what a, a year of complete seclusion. Don't don't worry about it. <laughs> Just notice that you're going in the direction of seclusion when you begin to pay attention to what the body is doing instead of paying attention to what you like and don't like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just take a good deep breath. I'm okay. I don't have to think about any of that stuff. I don't have to go find meaning in all of that junk. Yeah, that's so simple. It really is. And yet, people want it to be complicated, so they don't want to hear these kinds of teachings. Mm -hmm. So, wanting things to be complicated when they're simple. Wanting to have meaning in life when there's no meaning in life. Wanting Mm -hmm. things to last forever when things are going to be temporary and we die. Wanting to have great power over other people when, in fact, we don't even have any power over ourselves. 
don't. And so those are some of the reasons why people don't like to hear the Dhamma. They want to make it magical. They want to add uh, spiritual power, magical power, uh, uh, rebirth, reincarnation. Uh, basically, we want to conceptualize reality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm just uh, trying to intake all this information <laughs> and sort it out in my brain. Mm-hmm. Right. So what we're doing is we're beginning to look at um, all of the lies that you have been told. Mm-hmm. And society is absolutely chock-a-block full of lies. We lie to our kids because we were lied to. And so we pick up the habits of uh, um, uh, this is something that's remarkable for anyone to understand. And that is, is that we treat our kids the way that our dads and mothers and dads treated us that we learn our parenting skills through observation so every mistake that mom or dad is going to make in a child's life that child's going to repeat those mistakes because he learned it from his dad mm-hmm. that's amazing isn't it well it's many many examples of that one of them that's well known is is that uh, children who are raised in a violent household tend to live in as adult in a violent household. If you get spanked a lot, you're likely to spank your kids. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we really do want to hit those kids. But by doing so, we're training those kids to hit other kids out infinitum. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the buck has to stop here. Sometimes somebody's got to wake up and start treating these kids better so that the kids don't have so many problems when they grow up. But the only one who can do that is the one who did grow up and did survive that kind of childhood and now can learn to get over it and not have to operate as if we're still in that position. Mm-hmm. Sorry, uh, let me just turn the camera <laughs> Yeah, oh my gosh. Hold on just a second. Let me um, text here. I'm still here. Still waiting. Hi, sorry, that was something on my end that didn't work. <laughs> I lost. That's all right. The line stayed open, so I just added you back to the same call you were on. Wonderful. Wow. Yeah, all right. So it's um, 
I feel like I've taken enough time of yours today. We've, we've talked a lot. A lot. Well, about. we never, never did get around to what we were originally talking about, though, and that's okay. So, yeah, no, let's get around to it, and maybe that will be the final. I feel like I can't stop talking to you. Like, it's just uh, one open door after another open door, and then it's just more information. It's just, like, endless... It's not endless, though. That's the whole point. The Dhamma is actually quite small. If there's anything, the almost endless is the number of lies you've been told. The truth is very small. The wholesome is small. Unwholesome is vast. I know, right? I have I actually come up with another question about um, vaccines. Okay, so okay. so far, so far, the data says say that vaccines uh, are helping and they're safe. What if, just like the doctor didn't know about the ventilator, what if like a year later they find out that there is something else besides the, you know, just immunity that gets protected? Maybe okay. there's some kind of side effect. That, that is actually quite possible. You could go so far as to say within one or two people, everyone who had had a vaccine drops dead and we have yeah, now yeah. millions of corpses around because everybody who had the vaccine dropped dead that's possible but the likelihood is highly remote it is highly remote and not only that but if the whole civilization who had been vaccinated suddenly dropped dead the survivors would have a whole lot more problems because all of the politicians, all of the professionals, all of the people who have any intelligence at all, all of your top military leaders, everyone like that would have dropped dead, leaving us with nothing but the idiots who were too stupid to get vaccinated in the first place. And what are they going to do to each other? I'm the one that I'm the idiot who did not get vaccinated. So. <laughs> And I understand I won't be able to. <laughs> okay. For sure, Putin has been vaccinated, so he's going to be in that drop-dead category, too. But so is all of the oligarchs and everybody who runs Russia. And can you imagine what Russia is going to be like when everyone who had any power at all is dead and gone just suddenly? I mean, all you've got is just a whole city full of corpses. I, I, I That's think possible. Yeah. And guess yeah. what? Humanity will survive anyway, and if not, at least the planet Earth could take a breather. Wow, I'm glad I'm over that human experience. Now we can go back and have some fun with monkeys. <laughs> <laughs> and that's just how things are. Okay, but the likelihood of that happening is so remote. Why is it remote? Is because it's been tested and over-tested and over-tested, and they have collected the data, they've been very careful with it, and that uh, not only that, but this, there's some science underlying that uh, vaccine. In other words, you're, you're afraid of the vaccine out of pure ignorance. The people who work with the vaccine are not afraid of it because they know what's in it. But how about the workers of Johnson & Johnson not willing to get vaccinated? 
the vaccine, the those that develop vaccine. Well, the people who develop the vaccine are not the ones, but there are some workers at any place are stupid enough, uh, even though their <laughs> employer is wise. There's a lot of people who are still stupid. I haven't heard of the story about uh, uh, employees at um, uh, Johnson and Johnson, but I have heard a lot of the other stories about it, and all of them wind up saying that the vaccine's pretty good. It's actually got a lot of benefits that the other vaccines don't. But yes, there are people who are afraid of it, but they, the fear mostly comes out of media and other places where people are taking advantage of the fear. They can promote the fear. That a lot of people just cannot understand that, yeah, they do, and for 50 years have required vaccinations for rubella, smallpox, and all kinds of things in schools. And now those same parents who have been vaccinated and have uh, their kids vaccinated, now they've heard strange stories from who knows where, and now they don't want to have their kids vaccinated for this new problem because of all the lies they've been told. So we can get back to that issue. The number of lies that are out there is vast and the amount of reality is quite small. Let me give you an example of that. You don't have to answer these questions, but one question would be that you are how old? There is a certain year age that you have. Mm -hmm. Let's just say that that's X. Okay. now tell me how old you are, but lie to me. Lie to me. I would uh, make it smaller. 33. Okay, so OK, so now I ask you again, how old do you give me another number and lie to me? OK, uh, 24. OK, lie to me again. How old are you? 36. <laughs> how about 300? How about 9000? Oh, well, how about I four? Okay, it the the number of lies is endless, but the truth is there's only one of them. Mm -hmm. When you begin to understand that not only is truth that way, but wholesome thoughts are that way, that the vast number of unwholesome thoughts is unbelievably vast, but the number of wholesome thoughts is quite small. Mm -hmm. And so if we're working with staying with the wholesome and staying with the real, that means that we have to figure out what is not real and not wholesome, and that's where all the lies have come from. And in fact, there's this, an old, old song that was done in the um, uh, A Star is Born out of the 1970s with Barbara Streisand and uh, uh, Chris Christopherson. And in there, uh, the, there was a song of climbing higher and higher but the line that stuck with me is the master magician who has freed you from all the lies that you've been told. Mm -hmm. And most of these lies are going around telling you you can't do this and you can't do that or that you should do this and that you should do that. And the reality is, is that our whole society is based upon a set of lies. You could go so far as to say that the biggest we could put that lie into one word called capitalism. Capitalism is the biggest lie that's ever been told. I Why? Agree. Because it goes with greed, it goes with selfishness, it goes with harm, it is a false teaching. 
A much more sophisticated teaching would be society, would be cooperation, getting along. Let's have a family here. Let's not have so much competition. That that uh, the the one number one word that would best describe capitalism is competition. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, the best one word to use to describe happiness is cooperation. But do you agree that competition in a healthy, isn't it, okay, healthy way, I don't know whether there is a way to compete healthy, but um, it allows you to uh, think outside of the box. It allows you for more ideas to flow, like it, it, uh, how is, what you sound like is is that you're describing cooperation and calling it competitive. No, competitiveness is backbiting, stabbing, lying, uh, shysterism, uh, bait and switch. Uh, uh, the, any money that you lose on this transaction is money I win. Therefore, I should uh, phrase the transaction to make my advantage. That's capitalism. But I cannot not participate in it, and I have to com- compete my in skills and my education and also like because i'm a part of this that's what you've been told that's part of the lies you don't have to compete with anybody you can make friends with them instead and uh <laughs> and work together and work together <laughs> yeah you don't have to compete you can cooperate you don't have to compete within your own mind also. You can cooperate. This is where we learn cooperation is by learning to cooperate within. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because normally we're a crowd inside. Mm. Yeah. We're a crowd inside. We, we compete with each other. The parent competes with the child going around telling the child what to do. You go around telling yourself what to do, and then you resist. Oh, well, I don't want to do that. I can't hear you now. Okay. I, I told my mom to be quiet. No problem. Okay. So, um, all right. Yeah, so, I noticed that a lot, of, a lot of people in my mind that are talking to me and arguing and competing and putting <laughs> I can recognize them as the the, vo- the the thoughts the voices whatever you call this and don't worry about her never mind her you're okay okay <laughs> Yes, you do. You ha- um, we often remember the actual voices of where we've heard things. But over time, it just gets into one big mush of an authority figure we carry in the mind that can be called the parent ego straight. And it goes around giving us ourselves orders mm-hmm. that we then don't carry out. Mm-hmm. You could go so far as to call that ideas. Even technical ideas that, in fact, uh, artists draw far more pictures in their mind than they ever put down on canvas. Musicians write more music in their mind than they ever put down on paper. 
the number of ideas that you have of this might go and I do that. You never do any of that stuff or not any of it, but you do most of it. You don't do. There's a filtering system that allows you to not make to not murder someone. <laughs> the same filtering system that does not allow you to speak the truth sometimes too. Well, let us call that then wisdom that is actually then going against the instincts, which is what we were talking about with the vaccine. Now we can put it on to murdering somebody. You really, really are afraid of them, and you've got a great big knife in your hand. You picked up that knife because you were afraid, but now you've got motive. <laughs> okay, but it's wisdom that's going to keep you from stabbing them in the back because you know it's the wrong thing to do. Correct. But, yeah. But the feeling, the intention is to go get them. Mm -hmm. They deserve it. They've done you wrong. Yeah. You need some revenge here. <laughs> <laughs> right? But you're wise enough to recognize, no, that's not going to happen. And so basically then you eventually come to the point that wisdom is going to win on that one every time. And so you just put away all of your ideas of killing people because you know you're not going to do it. Mm -hmm. So you don't have many thoughts of killing people. No, I don't. Well, a lot of people have a lot of thoughts of killing people. I want to smack, you know, someone. <laughs> some <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, you don't want to kill them big. You want to kill them little. I got it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But you want your way. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Because if you get your way, then you won't feel so afraid. Mm. But if you were completely fearless and you didn't need your way because whatever way is going, that's okay. Then with wisdom, you can act wisely rather than acting according to the way you feel. And this is absolutely upside down and backwards to the way that society is built up. And no mm -hmm. church will tell you that. All the churches will say you got to follow your heart. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. And following your heart is always going to take you right into the sewer. <sighs> we're not watching where we're going. We're following our heart instead. In other words, we're trying to get what we want without recognizing that that may be really dangerous. Smacking someone for you to feel safe is a very dangerous thing to do. If you don't mm -hmm. smack them, you're safer. Mm -hmm. If you smack somebody, they may smack you back and there where's your safety. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. It, yeah. So this is a major point about the teaching of the Buddha, and that is investigation. To really look, to get your data, to recognize that you don't go around smacking people for you to feel better, that there's got to be better ways of behaving so that you mm -hmm. feel better without having to smack somebody in order for you to feel better. And that includes seclusion, maybe. That's right, taking a hike. 
that's one of the things that I wanted to mention before is, is that the Buddha recommended for the monks to avoid particular kinds of areas. Just don't go there. If you go into a particular area, neighborhood, city or whatever, and some of this stuff is happening, you leave. Okay, there's four items. One is that there is pestilence. Okay, that's, that's COVID, right, COVID. So get yourself away from whoever has COVID. Get yourself away from them. Number two, if there is a war zone, don't go into a war zone. If you're in a war zone, leave the war zone. Even if that war zone is an entire country, get out of that country. Go to some place where there is no warfare. Okay, number three is, is that if there is a famine or if there is no food, Mm -hmm. To get out of that place. In fact, that the monks should put, don't belong there because they're not going to get any food because the people are not going to feed them because the people are eating that food for themselves and still starving. So get out of the place where people are hungry and starving. Go someplace else while you still can. Mm -hmm. Okay. And the fourth one is going to be a flood. Also for the same reason. So anytime that there's pestilence, warfare, um, um, famine, in any kind of thing like that, that gives us a guide for what parts of uh, Moscow are you going to go into? Yeah. Now, okay. How, how about we? I mentioned that before. Uh, no matter where you are, the, where you go, there you are. Now, even if in a tough, if you are in a tough situation, like say in the war zone, it it's the mindset that helps. That helps you not removing yourself from it. So this mm -hmm. is where I'm getting confused. So is is it still? You can still live within a war, but be happy, or you you need to really remove yourself, just like the Buddha recommended. It depends upon the skill level that you have. Most people can't live in a war zone and be happy. I don't think that I could live in a war zone and be happy, but I certainly know how to get out of a war zone. And I also better still than that, know not to go into known war zones. Uh, yeah. Which would be like, for instance, just sitting here and watching two people in the house having a fight. Yeah. 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 If there's two people in the house having a fight, that's a war zone. I'm not going to get involved with that. But many people want to go in and break up the fight. Guess who gets hit next? The guy who's mm -hmm. trying to separate two people fighting. So that's a war zone. Don't go try to separate two people fighting. Mm -hmm. Now, if the fight is happening to you, you just don't react. You right? can like, just walk away. Walk away. That's right. I mean, easy. Yeah, you can say, hey, I got to go to the bathroom right now. I'll be right back. And then you don't. <laughs> that's tricky. <laughs> Okay, yeah, I mean, I yeah, can do if, that. Got, if somebody's in your face and you don't want to deal with them, you could just say, well, I got to go right now. Or this is not a good time. Here's a really interesting example. I use this often. The 14-year-old student is walking down the hall at school, and around the corner he sees the bully and his two buddies with him. This 14-year-old freezes. The bully sees him and comes up and bullies him. If that child had had some wisdom and he saw that bully coming around the corner, he would have stood up, walked quicker, walked right past the bully. And if the bully had said something to him, he says, I got to go now. I'm in a hurry. And just kept right on walking. 
But no, when we're afraid, we freeze and then we get attacked. How about a kid who is being bullied, but then he goes into martial arts and then nobody messes up with him? Well, why go through all of those martial arts when all he had to do is just walk away? <laughs> so it's not. Yeah, I understand. That's an easy way. But, but, <laughs> but I get it. I, I understand. So yeah. avoid. We don't have to teach the bully a lesson. He's not our boss. I mean, uh, he's not our job to do. Yeah. You don't have to go kick the bully to teach him a lesson. You can just walk away from him. You you don't have to become a grand politician just so you could beat uh, Donald Trump in an election. You can just walk away from him. That's my point. That if with this mindset, I should be living somewhere in Thailand just like you do. That's <laughs> not a bad idea. Only the problem is, is that COVID nineteen is uh, uh, affecting things now. That's part yeah. of your data. Yeah. That they are madly trying to get vaccines in this country because they gave them all out. They have vaccinated everybody. Mm -hmm. Okay, so yeah, if you come to Thailand, you'd want to have a vaccine. Yeah, so you, yeah. You should, now, in also, fact, you can't even get here without having a vaccine. Well, the, well, that's another point. So between countries, like for example, Russia versus the U.S., you get a vaccine in Russia, it does not count in the US. Right. They don't trust anything that's Russia. Russia is actually a dirty word in the United States and you know that. So where do I get even vaccinated if I am to choose to get vaccinated? Any vaccine is better than none at all. Yeah, and then I have to vaccinate twice here and there. And but aren't they talking about boosters and whatnot like that? So maybe a Moderna and a Japanese and a Chinese and a Russian vaccine all together would be a cocktail that's for sure going to make you okay. Because they all have effectiveness. They all have effectiveness. They're all effective. They're just none of them are 100% effective. Yeah, exactly. But here you are afraid of bitch and every one of them. It bothers me that I have to do something I don't want to. <laughs> it bothers me that it's. Yes, it, it's but like, bothered by doing something that you don't want to do is a habit that you picked up when you were a child. And you could have picked up the habit of recognizing the things that need to be done could be done with joy instead of resistance that nobody likes to be told to do stuff, even when the thing that we're told to do is a good thing to do. But if we could figure it out with our wisdom, oh, that was a good thing to do. Yeah, thanks for the advice and go do it. But no, humans are resistant. We do not like to do what we're told to do. Yeah, and absolutely. we pick that up as a habit when we're babies because it's nothing but a habit. That not all children are raised with that habit. But I'll tell you what, I know enough about Eastern Europe and Russia to know that that is a big habit that is really trained into the kids. Yeah. But it's also <laughs> trained into the kids in the United States, too. 
Yes, but it's not trained into everybody. That mm -hmm. that's more of a Western culture kind of thing. But that particular aspect of Western culture, R Russia has a big case of it. Mm -hmm. A big case of it. And so you can see that Eastern Europeans and, and Russians and whatnot will react with anger to many things. Oh, yeah, and it's pretty open. Yeah, like it, there's no filter. Basically, it's just bursts of anger. You just, you just right. But they train their children to do that, and then the children grow up and do that and train their kids to do that. So that's just a habit, but that habit had a base of instinct. But that, so to, uh, the instinct is the nesting instinct, which happens then that we go along to get along. We learn behaviors mm -hmm. as children, and then we repeat those behaviors. Monkey see, monkey do, basically. Mm -hmm. And if, we, if the child sees the adult angry and uptight and upset, the child learns how to be angry, uptight, and upset. Even if he hates his dad, being angry, uptight, and upset at him, he still learns that from his dad. And when he's 40 years old, he finally wakes up to the fact that he's just like his dad. Even though he hated his dad, he's just like his dad. Yeah. I don't exactly. I recognize my parents. I don't want to repeat it. And I feel like environment did change my attitudes towards. Yeah, it, but that's it, all of this really is, is to wake up and recognize you. You've got choices here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You've got choices. You do not have to feel bad. You do not have to feel sad, but you are carrying around a, a burden of habits that you picked up as a child, just like we all did. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Every child is messed up by its parents. It's part of the show, part of the process. The mm -hmm, question is, mm -hmm. is, can you unmess yourself? And then can you uh, less mess your own kids? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like you don't want to continue on with that. <laughs> you have to cut that, it here. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Okay, every time I talk to you, you like give me a permission to think for myself. For like freedom to choose, like freedom to like look where what I want to, to really do. look at what's going on inside your own mind, which is kind of differently than thinking for yourself. The yeah. thinking for yourself is what you've been doing all along, but the thoughts that you were thinking were borrowed from your parents and your uh, uh, other people. And so they're not actually your thoughts anyway. Mm -hmm. And now we're beginning to examine those thoughts. So, yes, you can have your own thoughts, but you have to do that by getting new data, new input and start operating with new data, new input, rather than the ignorant old data and the old input that we memorized when we were kids and then used all of these years living our lives just like everybody else did. OK, question. Where can I get? Do you have? any recommendations in how to get good data where do i get data like in terms of i don't know maybe some kind are of are you talking about coronavirus or are you talking about the better stuff everything all right Not, you do yeah. that by gathering data from your senses by looking with your eyes listening mm -hmm. to what people say but also listening to their tone of voice 
and to uh, listen to their motives behind what they're saying and things like that. But then also you can look for data in the sense of, uh, I mean, Google is a marvelous search engine. Mm -hmm. If you search with the right kind of terminology, they will give you just the data that you're looking for. And that's a, a skill to be learned is to how to use Google. Mm -hmm. And so uh, you could Google something like latest CDC. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that will give you some data about what the CDC is saying. The CDC is worth trusting. Mm -hmm. And there's some several reasons why I know that it's worth trusting and you probably don't. One of the ways that I know to trust the CDC is because I've got a student and friend who is a, uh, a, a biologist who lives and works in Atlanta and cooperates and works with the CDC on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. He's got a PhD in biology and he really knows what he's doing. And he doesn't have any issues at all about the CDC because he knows mm -hmm. what they're doing. That ba mm -hmm. basically what your position is, is that you don't know how to who to trust because you're getting a lot of conflicting information. And, and in some ways, we, we can begin to understand that there are things that are worth trusting. Mm -hmm. yeah. Okay, so if you have any trust about what I'm saying, you can hear that I trust a friend who lives in Atlanta who does trust the CDC because he works with them. Mm -hmm. Okay, so we're only two or three degrees of separation now from you to the CDC, which before you didn't know that. You didn't know that you could have any trust with him at all. But you can go to Google and start um, uh, Googling that. Here's mm -hmm. another example. You can see the conflicts of interest. That's another way of seeing wisdom is when you see conflicts within an interest group. An example of that is, is that Donald Trump has been absolutely against the vaccines in one case, and he's absolutely for them in another case. He's had the vaccine. He says that the vaccine got started under his administration. But then because of all of his people who were afraid of the vaccine, okay, so now he's not going to support the vaccine. Mm -hmm. That's another one you can see is, is that when people begin to change, an example of that is, is that the governors, some of the Southern governors who were directly against the vaccines and the masks are now beginning to change because they can see for themselves that their old position of political gain was not the right way to go. Okay, so there's many different ways of looking at it, but don't just automatically assume that somebody's telling you the truth and other guys are telling you the truth and therefore there's a conflict. There's no conflict. One's lying and the other one's telling the truth. I hear you, but uh, isn't CDC another big business? You know that? No, it's not. It was, it was tried to be turned into a big business by Donald Trump, but he failed miserably at that and mm -hmm. that it is now it's reverted to be the center of disease control that's what the word means yeah yeah that's initially what it means and he tried to politicize it and now they're going back to actually doing disease control rather than political control mm -hmm. That basically you can say that this way, if it's a politician, he's lying. Well, I, that's why I don't even, I don't even go into 
listening to any one of them. And then I feel like CDC is part of this. No, the CDC is not part of the politics. The CDC was manipulated by the politics. The CDC and also the NHS. I have never been to the CDC, but I have been to NHS in Washington. And some of the best minds and the best scientists work in these institutions. And these institutions, even though they're operated by the government, are not political at all. They've got no reason to lie. They've got good reason to figure out what the truth is. But the CDC was uh, uh, devastated by the politics. Mm -hmm. Okay, so if it's a political issue, you can tell that it's just two groups of people lying to each other and screaming at the top of their lungs. Mm -hmm. Don't trust the politicians. In, yeah, in my eye, uh, anything connected to the government is already un untrustworthy. Well, that's... A different way of looking at it is, is that here in Thailand, on on Reddit, on the Thailand Reddit scene, the Westerners who live here are the ones who own Reddit, and they keep complaining about the Thai government, this, that, and the other thing. And occasionally a Thai person will come on and say something like that, why do the Farangs hate the Thai government when the Thai people just ignore it? <laughs> yeah exactly that's it okay don't hate the government just ignore it <laughs> that's a good one i think it should be a banner <laughs> uh-huh yeah the government is irrelevant let's just ignore it yeah And the more people who thought the government was irrelevant, the more irrelevant the government would become. The only reason the governments are relative is because some people are too stupid to see through it. Mm-hmm. They think the governments have meanings. No, the government has no meaning. It's got no relevance. It's just a bunch of people collecting together, lying to each other, trying to pick each other's pockets. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Right, well, how about a bank? You can ignore a bank system. Pardon? Like, how about banks? So oh, I recently found out that, you know, there, there are lots of fees that get applied to accounts that you can't get rid of, you can't return money. It's just a big money-making business. But you can't live without a bank card or a bank account or... Some right. kind of so that means that you need to inspect carefully what bank you're going to have so that you'll know whether you can trust them or not. Correct, but the the choices are poor. Like it's overall corruption. Like it's every yeah. single bank. And even the most honest banks will cheat some of their customers some of the time. But even the most corrupt banks can't get away with cheating all of their customers all the time. I don't know. It's happening here <laughs> all the time. <laughs> I hear you. I know what you're saying. It's just basically investigating for yourself. And well, uh, I, I know that for family reasons and whatnot, that there's got some reasons for being in Russia. But uh, I don't know of anyone that I would recommend to go there to stay. 
Yeah. Now, do you have... That I would put, in fact, I would put Russia second on the list of places not to go. Now, do you have any recommendation where you would want to go? Do you have any place that you think people should be looking at or like... Well, eventually I'm going to go under the ground or up in smoke. Yeah, but now in the living... <laughs> well, if the proof is in the pudding, then Thailand is recommended, but a lot of people will find problems with Thailand and, and whatnot also. Mm -hmm. um, uh, but the important thing is, is to go with those four issues of don't go to places that are dangerous and go to places that are safe. Yeah. And for a lot of people, Russia is a safe place, and for other people, it's not. Depends upon whether you think the government is um, irrelevant. If you think mm -hmm. the government is irrelevant, then Russia is probably a pretty safe place. If you think the government is dangerous, then it's not a good safe place to live. Yeah. <laughs> And right now, a lot of people think the Russian government and Putin and all of that is pretty dangerous. Yeah, uh, yeah. As would be the general consensus, I think. Yeah, it would be. It would be. All right. Well, I guess to, I, I have to reevaluate what I'm doing. Well, <laughs> it's not so much of reevaluating of what place you're in, but yeah. to reevaluate your mind state about where the place you're in. Because it's really a whole lot easier to change your state of mind than it is to change the state government that you're living in. Yeah, or the location, geolocation, yeah. Mm -hmm. So getting to the point that the government is irrelevant, mm -hmm. then you could just look at the data and recognize that, yes, it's safer to take a vaccine than it is to not take the vaccine. Mm -hmm. And so you take the easy, safe way out. That's wisdom. Instead of being all in turmoil and afraid, which is the instinctual way to do it. Being confused and in doubt and not knowing and not sure of what to do is the instinctual, ordinary way that we would do it. And that's because that's the way that we learned to do things when we were a child. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Got it. But now you're you're growing up and so now you can recognize no i can do my own research i can figure this out for myself i do not have to have the, the be the victim of i don't know what to do please tell me daddy into the i can figure this out for myself i could go do the research and i can get the data and i can figure it out mm -hmm. okay that's the teaching of the buddha again is to investigate rather than feel our way through life Mm -hmm. And you can do that. Oh, absolutely. You can, figure, you can figure out whether you need to take the virus or not. <laughs> yes, absolutely. But if you know. do research instead of just hearing here and there and this and that, go look at real data. But that's the thing that we can tell. That's the distinction is, is that the truth has data going with it. And lies have nothing to support them but more lies until it becomes a web of lies, a thicket of views. Mm -hmm. yeah. And you can cut through those, those that thicket of views. You can look this way and peer that way and begin to see some daylight through that stuff.
And you can do it happily. You can do your investigation happily. I'm going to figure that out. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. That's very true. Yeah, and um, I do enjoy the experience, the different kind of experience throughout life anyway. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> okay. Well, let's finish this call now and let you go off and do some research and whatnot, and we'll talk later, okay? Yeah, I feel like I have a lot of work <laughs> to do. Oh, well, you've got a lot of toys to play with. Exactly, a lot of toys. <laughs> a lot of new toys to play with. That's the way to look at it. That's right. All right, well, we'll see you later. Thank you, Demorado. Um, yeah, have a good the rest of the day and talk to you okay. soon. We'll talk about once I get my computer about the YouTube. Yes, but okay. you've gotten logged in now. That's the important thing. Yes, yes, I did. But you did that on the cell phone, so you may, if you log on on the computer, will also require a code. If yes. I see one, I'll send it to you. Okay, okay yeah, yeah. I will let you know when when I'm doing All right. it. Where? Okay. Excellent. All awesome. right. Bye-bye. Thank you. I truly am grateful for you. Thank you for being here. Gratitude. That's a that's a very wholesome Oh yeah. Thing. Oh yeah, absolutely. All right. Bye. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye.